Hey guys, this is Josh Ramsey, and you're listening to my friend Stuart Pink on Phoenix FM. Yes, it is. I'm very excited to say, zooming onto the show, singer, songwriter, and all-round star of the Josh Ramsey show, it's Josh <laughs> Ramsey. Hi, thanks for having me. My pleasure. Thanks for zooming on. How are you? I'm great, man. How are you? I'm very well. Very well. Thanks for joining us. Could you describe the scene for us? Where, where are you zooming in from? Uh, I am in my home office. Uh, I was just practicing some guitar. Oh, it's green screening out, but uh, yeah. Oh, he's I'm, got uh, the guitar with him. I do, yeah. Um, yeah, and uh, after this, I'm headed to my recording studio to work properly. <laughs> work properly. <laughs> start, Stop jamming and start start making some real stuff. Yeah. Amazing. Cool. Well, we might get you to get the guitar out a bit then. Um, <laughs> now you've showed us you got it. <laughs> Thanks for joining us on the on what is now our show uh, collectively. Uh, the Josh Ramsey show is is obviously your debut solo album. Um, yeah. Before we get into that, your musical chops are the stuff of legend. You've already co-written <laughs> successful songs. Uh, front man of a double platinum selling band. When did the idea of a solo album start, and and what was it like starting starting like that? Um, you know. I always planned on doing an album where I played all the instruments myself at some point. I always wanted to get around to that, but being in my band, Mariana's trench is a full-time job. And then also producing and writing for other artists is my other full-time job. So I never really had the time to do it. Um, and then the pandemic happened and we were all in quarantine and, um, uh, I couldn't even see the guys in the, in, in my band. So I, I sort of realized that if I was ever going to do it, uh, that was the time. And, uh, and, you know, it's something I can cross off my bucket list now. Definitely one massive tick on that. So <laughs> you were able then to, to be creative in that time during lockdown. It didn't feel like, I think a lot of people kind of split down the half, but some people had no creativity and other people were like, this is my time to focus. Yeah, uh, I think that's a very keen observation. I think um, I, I think for me personally, it, it, it was great because I mean, like on the last Mariana's Trench album, I really uh, I really got under the gun with with trying to meet a deadline, and um, in in that, that I, I'm still really proud of that album. But there probably should have been like another two or three songs on it. It's probably a little bit short because um, I just didn't have the time to get to it. Yeah. Um, whereas with this. Um, this was like, okay, like the whole world is shut down, especially showbiz. Like we, we I think everyone in showbiz are what they call the last responders. Um, so, <laughs> so I think, um, all of a sudden I had no deadlines. So basically I could just tinker away at this and take as long as I wanted to get the album to be exactly what I wanted it to be. So this is basically the result of me just sort of locking myself in a room for a year and, and just working away at it. Um, and, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really proud of it. Um, and you know, I, I hope that, I hope that people like it if they get a chance to listen to it. I absolutely loved it. I've, I've spoken to a lot of people Thank you. about various different albums and often people say, oh yeah, it's got a lot of different influences. It has got a lot of different genres. This is <laughs> wow. Incredible. Uh, thanks man. Yeah. It's a bit of a, a bit of a scatter shot. <laughs> <laughs> There's everything, I mean, anything but the kitchen sink in here. There's, there's every kind of genre going. Amazing. Yeah. Well, you know, you know what? I think um, 
What I didn't want to do was I didn't want it to just be like, oh, he made a Mariana's Trench record without Mariana's Trench. Like I didn't want to make that choice, you know, so because it was a different it, it was difficult uh, for me to figure out what I wanted to do at first, because I am the I am the songwriter in Mariana's Trench as well. So, OK, but I'm not writing a Mariana's Trench record here. So, OK, so how am I going to make some choices that would be different than what I would make on a Mariana's Trench album? And that's what kind of led me to the to the the idea of trying to have like each song be an unrelated genre to the other songs and um that sort of is how that led me to that choice um and it was a really fun exciting writing exercise because some of those genres i've never worked in before um so that was like a, a it sort of felt like a i felt like a, a kid on a playground i was just kind of like playing around and seeing what works <laughs> and you know Trying a bit of everything. It's it's amazing. I think honestly, if, if mankind gets wiped out by a nuclear disaster, and let's be honest, it's, it's looking increasingly likely. Uh, as long as they got this album, every, <laughs> everything's in there. Well, I don't know about that, but uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's it's it, yeah. I guess you could. It's a bit of a time capsule, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> so there's all sorts of different stuff in it. I read you played all the instruments on this album too. Um, I did, except for um, there's a couple songs that use uh, a symphony orchestra. Um, so I, I did work with an orchestra um, and there's a couple songs that have a full horn section. Um, but other, other than those sort of orchestral elements, yeah, I played everything. Oh, wow. So what was the most uh, challenging and scary instrumental bit to do in the whole album? I, uh, <laughs> that's a good question. Um, I think... I was a bit rusty on the drums. I hadn't played drums in a couple of years, so I had to practice a little bit. Um, I was just, you know, I like drums at one time in my life were my main instrument, but uh, that was sort of when I was in high school. Um, and uh, so I, I had to sort of brush some dust off of that. Um, but that was really fun and really rewarding to do the drums. There was, there was one song where I wanted to play a tiny bit of... Um, cello and uh, and sample libraries for just solo cello just don't quite sound right so i did have a cello that my parents had given me and i did i can't actually play i'm not a cellist now or anything but i did manage <laughs> to learn enough to play this one part that i needed and that was probably oh, the cool. hardest that was probably the hardest thing just because i had never played cello ever <laughs> you're a cellist now that's it no, i don't know again I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a cellist now but uh but uh, maybe a, a wannabe cellist. <laughs> <laughs> cello, cello solo in the next album. Yeah. Right. Uh, maybe not a cellist, maybe cellish. <laughs> cellish. That'll work. That'll work. Yeah. Now, I know your, your band albums are, albums are a big thing uh, in the band. Uh, certainly not going out of fashion on our, in our house, but a lot of people, you know, a lot of talk about uh, singles being more popular than albums. I know for you, the album experience is a whole thing um yeah how did you go about i mean all the other tracks on this album are, are singles in their own right how did you uh, go about thanks, getting man. them together i mean you know what this was um out of any album that i've written this was the most difficult to put together a track order um because it was really important to me that yeah i wanted to jump around stylistically a lot um, but I still want it to feel cohesive for the listener and I don't want it to feel, I don't want it to feel, um, scattered. Um, uh, so that ended up actually being a really difficult, difficult process. Yeah. Um, and it was sort of like putting together a jigsaw puzzle. Um, and then once I had the song orders in there, oh, well, this is funny too. I thought I had it. I thought I had it perfectly. And then I wrote one more song and that threw everything off and I had to do it all over again. <laughs> Um, so then once, once I had it in the order that I thought it should be, then I wrote three pieces 
of uh, what I would call like film score orchestral music to serve as act breaks on the album um, and as mood changes where they needed to be to transition between a few songs. Um, and those are the last things that I wrote. But I think, I, I know it's kind of weird to have these like uh, bits of these interludes of like full on film score music, but the last song in the album uh, is me singing with a full symphony orchestra. So because I think I've in, we've introduced those elements of, um, of using a symphony orchestra in little interludes on the album, I think by the time it gets to the ending, then as a listener, you're like, oh, we've actually been alluding to this the whole time. And it doesn't feel like it comes out of nowhere to all of a sudden hear a symphony orchestra. I think it makes sense. Yeah. That's so interesting. You said, I, was, I, I did wonder when the, the instrumental bits were kicking in, you could notice the difference in the track before and the track after the instrumental. Yeah, bits. definitely. Yeah. It's like, like a chapter, ingenious uh, piece of <laughs> album work. So being in a band versus being solo, uh, what's the best and worst things of, of both? Um, well, um, I think the, the best part about being in a band is the camaraderie and um, a safe creative space to work with, with people whose opinions that you trust. Um, and that's a relationship that we've spent years building with each other. And I think at this point, we're really just uh, a family. We're family at this point. Uh, and I had their full support to do this record, which is great. Um, and then I, I think the, the upside of working, so the uh, one magic that can happen with, with a band is you play together for long enough, right? And everyone's feel, uh, is going to be a little bit different, but hopefully in a good band, everyone's feel works with each other and that becomes the feel of your band. Um, and that can be a really magic thing, but it's, it's unpredictable uh, depending on who that band may be. Uh, I think in our band, it's great. Um, but there's a different kind of magic thing that can happen if one person plays all of the instruments because it's the same feel everywhere, even though it's a different instrument. There's a, it, there's a great example of this. Um, and it, you don't need to be an amazing you don't actually need to be amazing at all the instruments for the result to be awesome. And there's a great example. I have, um, I have a couple of Pro Tools sessions that are backups of old people, uh, like 70s recording sessions, like of the multi-tracks. Like I've got a couple of Queen multi-tracks I've got a, and I've got a few Stevie Wonder multi-tracks. And Stevie usually played all the instruments himself, right? And um, if you listen to the tracks on their own, it's actually quite interesting. He's got this great killer feel, but there's parts where you listen to the drum track on its own and there's parts where you're like, whoa, we're speeding up here. Oh, we slowed back down. And, and it feels, it's got this like, whoa, this wacky, like almost feels like we fell down the stairs for a second. But once you start to put the other instruments on top that he also played, then you start to realize he did that on every instrument. And now we've got something very musical happening that would be yeah. very difficult for five different people to do perfectly like that. Whereas one person can just kind of feel it and just do the same thing that he did on the, that, that they did on the, on the other take or whatever. Oh, wow. Yeah. You can kind of be your own part of each. Yeah. There, there's talk. a, there's a thing, there is a thing to it. Um, there definitely is a thing. I mean, I can think of like other artists who've done like where one person plays all the instruments and you, it, it, uh, for the most part, usually it's a, it can be a good thing. Like the first Foo Fighters record, uh, there's a Paul McCartney record like that. Uh, there, there's a, there's a ton of people have done it. Um, and yeah, there, there, that's the magic of, of being by yourself. Now, of course, the risk and the worst thing about being all by yourself is if it doesn't work, you have no one to blame, but you. <laughs> yeah. You can blame uh, the, the room. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the album, um, you say not blaming anyone but yeah there, there were a couple of other people on the album some familiar canadian voices yeah 
uh, from the likes of Chad Kruger of Nickelback fame. Tyler Shaw is huge over there. Um, yeah. Out of everyone you've worked with on the album, uh, let's play a round of Snog, Marry, Avoid. Who would you oh, snog? God. Who would you marry and who would you avoid? Uh, <laughs> um, okay. Uh, I would snog... Um... I don't know. I guess uh, I guess Serena Ryder because she's just lovely. I would marry Chad Kruger for the financial security, um, and then I have to kill someone as well. Uh, or you can just avoid them. Oh, you oh, just avoid. Them. I mean, just avoid. depends how strong you feel. Uh, no, no. Okay, I'll I'll uh, I'll avoid um, I'll avoid Tyler Shaw because he's such a handsome man. I, you just don't you don't want to be in the room with him because you don't want to be compared. Oh yeah, one of those. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> lovely. So have you got any behind the scenes gossip for us? We're recording the Josh Ramsey show with these guys. Uh, behind the scenes you can share. gossip. Uh, <laughs> let me think about that. Um, you know, there's a, there are two songs on the album that I wrote for other people and then they were too busy um, because, I mean, during the pandemic, uh, like, I mean, you hit the hit nail on the head. Like you, people either got very creative or they just disappeared into the couch. That was like the two, yeah. the two things that people did, right? So I got really lucky with all the people collaborating on this album because no one was on tour. Everyone was available. Um, so almost everybody that I asked was available, um, except for two people. Um, so one song I wrote uh, to pitch to, to Sting. And his manager, like I, I'm not best friends with Sting or anything, but I've met him a few times. And uh, his manager uh, had signed me to a record deal at one point. So I know his manager very well. Yeah. And his, ma- his manager, Martin, heard that I was doing this album with all these collabs. And Martin texted me and was like, you should write a song to pitch to Sting. I think, like, I really think that would be a great collaboration. So I was like, oh, I mean, that would be amazing. Obviously, that would be a, an incredible honor. Um, I, I was like, okay, what would I, how, what would I write for Sting? How would, how would I do that? So I wrote this song called Reckless Heart that is sort of what I envisioned, like, what would it be like if the police put out a new song in 2022? Like, what would that sound like? And that's sort of what I went about. Um, And then, I mean, not surprisingly, Sting was, uh, ended up being too busy to do it because he was releasing like three albums that year. So obviously he got very creative as well. He did have a big game. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, Which totally makes sense. But you know what? I I wasn't bummed out about it because, um, because I still got that song out of it. And I never would have written that song had Martin not called me and said, I want you to write a song for Sting. You know what I mean? I know that song. I, I never would have got that song without that. So that was one of those funny things where like it didn't, uh, the initial idea maybe didn't work out, but still the song really worked out for me. So uh, I'm still really happy that that whole weird journey happened. <laughs> uh, I think, I think one of the other really weird ones on the album is um, um, so the last song on the record, um, I lost both my parents last year and I wrote a song for each of them, but they're not sad songs. They're uplifting, um, full of love, very celebratory songs. Um, and I learned so much about music from both of them that I wanted both of those songs to be like very, very musical and like a big flex musically and just being like, look at all the stuff I can do because you guys gave me this knowledge. Um, and when it came to the song about my dad, um, I learned so much about arrangement from him that I was like, the, o- the only thing I can do here is I'm going to write my dad an entire symphony. I'm going to sing with a full symphony orchestra and it's going to be epic, like absolutely epic. Um, and I set about working on that. Um, and so to write the arrangement, it took me a few weeks over just working on it bits, bit by bit on a computer with, using sample libraries to play it back. 
Um, and then I thought that was going to be it because then I, I thought I was going to have to just use sample libraries because um, there was a pandemic going on and you can't record an entire symphony orchestra. Yeah. Um, yeah. So socially distant, right? That's not a thing. It's a massive so, room. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, um, and you've got to think about it too. Like, yeah, string players can wear masks, but um, brass players and wind players, they're, they're putting out so much air in the room too. Like that's a huge health risk for that in that, in that scenario. Yeah. So so I realized what we could do, which was a crazy idea. I realized I was, I called the studio where I usually record um, orchestral stuff and uh, which is the warehouse in Vancouver, Brian Adams owns it. And um, it's a world-class studio. Um, and I called the, the studio manager um, and I said, okay, so I can't put 150 people in this room. I realized that. Um, how many people can I put in the room if we're socially distant? Like what, what would be the limit? Um, and, he, and he came back and he said, probably about six people. And I said, okay. So if I record like just the vi first violins at 12 o'clock and then the second violins at, tw at one o'clock and I slowly pieced together this entire symphony orchestra, just like six people at a time. Oh, wow. It was incredibly time consuming. <laughs> we did. So we slowly built this orchestra um, and then to edit it all together took me a couple of weeks as well because there's so many tracks after all there was like more than oh 300 there's like the 300 tracks yeah yeah there's like 300 tracks on that thing so because you got to think about it you, even if you're just recording one player you still need all of the microphones up where they normally would be because you need the right amount of sound leakage coming out over all those microphones so quickly it became like oh I, it was like 300 tracks or 400 tracks or something um and mixing the song was so long and time consuming, just getting all the parts in right. So it took us about a week. And then this is hilarious. Uh, so it took us about a week mixing the song. So at this point I've been working on this song for like six weeks straight. Um, yeah. So I feel like this huge sense of relief after this great journey the song has taken me on. And me and my two mixing partners, uh, Dave Ogilvy and Zach Blackstone, were like, okay, we've got like just getting, we call it the vocal ride, like, which is like listening to the song, making sure you can hear the lyrics everywhere and just automating the volume of the vocal up and down as needed. So even doing that took forever and ever because the song is very, very dynamic. So we finally get to the end. We finally finish it. We're all, you know, high-fiving and, oh my God, someone pour the wine or whatever. And, yeah. and Brian Adams comes in the room. Canadian icon, Brian Adams oh, comes in. Yes. Because uh, it was his studio. And Brian comes in. He's like, I want, can I hear what you guys are working on? So we play him the song. And he's the first person to hear it. We play him the song. And we're all very proud of this mix. We've been working on the mix for a week. And Brian's first, he, Brian was really complimentary. He loves the song. Um, he was very complimentary, very nice. And his first comment was like, can I give you guys a bit of feedback? And I'm like, yeah, of course, man. He's like, when you mix this. And I was like, when we mix it. <laughs> <laughs> you're kidding he's like, he's yeah. like when you mix this well. you got to make sure that that vocal is a lot louder and obviously i was like oh my god um so but you I guys mean, know, you know six weeks yeah so, but i mean you know if brian adams comes in and says i want more of your vocal you listen to brian adams and he was right he was right because what i had done is i was so focused on the instrumental parts and making sure that the listener got all of that I wasn't yeah. focused on, I wasn't focused on what you should be always focused on is, can you understand all the lyrics? And that was that at the end of the day, that's always got to win. Um, and uh, he was right. So I'm really glad he walked into the studio that day. <laughs> or maybe if he'd booked in the studio like five weeks earlier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, that's incredible. Wow, what a, what a load of time. Honestly, it's uh, the album is is so uplifting. And you say there are a few slow, uh, more meaningful personal tracks on there. Um, but I know your parents are a big influence on your music yeah. and your life. Yeah. Uh, no doubt they'd be immensely proud of, of what you've done. I hope so. Um, I hope so. Yeah. So, Josh Ramsey, you've created a juggernaut of a, a musical calling card here. Um, <laughs> yeah. What's next after this? Uh, you know, now now it's time to go take it on the road. So I'm going into rehearsals now. I put together a band. Um, putting together the band was pretty difficult because we needed a lot of people who could also sing lead vocals because there's a lot of duets uh, and mm. people who could play more, more than one instrument um, to fill in all the stuff. But we've got we've got a really good band. Uh, I'm really excited that I, I mean it, it, it's almost like we're. It, I, it's almost like we're like, are we going to do this? Like, are we allowed to like go outside and play concerts again and stuff? In a but, room full of people. <laughs> I know. Um, but I'm really excited that the world is in a place where we can do that. Um, so I'm doing um, the first thing I'm doing is a Canadian tour. And then at the end of the Canadian tour, then I fly to the UK uh, because Mariana's Trench is playing the Download Festival. Um, oh, nice. And uh, we're excited. We've never done that gig before. So I'm really looking forward to that. And then I fly back to North America to do to do more solo shows. Uh, so yeah, for the summer, I'm basically uh, juggling between Mariana's Trench and the solo album. Both jobs at the same time. Have the guys at yeah. Mariana's Trench heard the album? Was supposed to review? Yes, they're very positive. They're very supportive. They came to this. They came to the release party on Friday. Um, you know, we're 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 a very tight knit family, and uh, yeah, uh, there. I feel very lucky to have uh, their full support. Awesome. And you've got a cellist joining you. Oh, you yeah. do cello. Uh, no, I will not be I will not be playing cello live. <laughs> Josh, I wish you all the best of luck with the, the tours when they come. And uh, I can't wait to hear more of, of your stuff with the band and stuff by yourself. You're you're absolutely you. smashing it, mate. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thanks, man. We'll see you soon. Okay, thanks for having me. Thanks for listening. And if you enjoyed the interview, then please share it. Uh, If you didn't enjoy it, then share it anyway. (laughs) For more guest interviews like this, or to get the next one delivered directly to your device, subscribe to the Now You're Talking podcast. You'll find it wherever you get your podcasts from. And the whole thing has become a huge library featuring well over 150 guest interviews from music, film, comedy icons to community heroes, local legends, stars of the future, and just about everybody in between. A treasure trove of life's stories from all sorts of incredible people. So for more interviews, podcasts, videos, poems, and books, everything I do is available at stuartpink.com. Thanks for that. Sorry to miss you about. But, oh, that's uh, all right. Got there you know, I, I, I like, dude, after the last two years in showbiz, like everyone is used to that exact interaction as <laughs> happened to everyone at least 20 times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Alan, we got you four. Sorry, we're, we're well behind now, aren't we? No, it's OK. Uh, you're my last one of the day, so I'm, we're good. Oh, cool. We'll, have, we'll get the beers in then. We're all good. <laughs> <laughs>